encouragement to, for us to pray. It's lovely to see so many, as uh, we've already said, from across the locations. I want to dive straight into the Word. I've literally got, uh, I've got quite a lot to go through. What I will say is uh, there, will, there will be notes on the screen. All the Bible verses will come up. And uh, at the end as well, we are going to give an opportunity for people who would like to receive prayer. We're going to give opportunity for that. The other thing to say is, because I'm firing through a lot of Bible verses, I'd encourage you to take notes. But if you haven't got a pad and a pen with you, we have actually printed off some Bible verses for you. The reason why I'm saying all that is because as part of our followership uh, word, our word for the year is follow across all locations. One of the things that we really believe passionately in Arena Church and part of being a follower, and it's actually a game changer. I need you to know that this is a game changer. Somebody uh, from North America, he uses a phrase, it's the secret sauce. Some of you ladies have a secret ingredient that just makes it, Caroline tells me it's love, which is true when she bakes, it's with love, so that's a secret ingredient, it's a secret sauce. But this is the secret sauce, this is the game changer, and this is the foundation on which we want to encourage everybody to walk in. Let me give you a Bible verse from straight from the bat. And it says in Ephesians 5 and verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. I wonder if you'd repeat that or say it with me. Be filled with the Spirit. Come on, say it again. Be filled with the Spirit. And what I want to do, I want to talk this evening. I'm very unusual for me. I'm going to endeavor to teach God's Word to us. And then towards the end, We'll, we'll go into a little bit of a preach, which will hopefully inspire some faith in our heart for us to receive something from God tonight. I really get a sense there is a longing, there's a yearning in many hearts. Yeah. It may be that you're here tonight and you haven't yet stepped into faith in Jesus Christ. And tonight is your opportunity to do that, for you to say yes to Jesus. And at the end, you can do that too. But I really want to encourage whether you're the youngest to the oldest I want to uh, encourage you to lean in. You may not have been coming for very long to Arena Church. You may say, I don't know much around the Bible. I get that. But I want to encourage you that this is for you. Now, before we go to the Bible, I want to share two thoughts. And I'm going somewhere with these two illustrations. So just trust me. Anybody who knows me well enough thinks, where's Christian going now? I'm going somewhere with it. Okay, so just stay with me. Keep smiling. But recently I read of a study in the, from the United States government and they conducted this on many third world countries after World War II. The US researchers believed that people in the third world countries were not as intelligent as westernized people. So they asked them this question. If cotton does not grow in a cold climate and London is a cold climate, does cotton grow in London? Their answers were, we don't know. We've never been to London. Immediately, the people giving the test said, these people are unintelligent. They can't even put two plus two together. Now, if you and I took the test, we would say, if cotton doesn't grow in a cold climate 
And London is a cold climate. Of course, cotton doesn't grow in London. Researchers later found out that these people did understand. They understood that normally cotton wouldn't grow in London because it's a cold climate. But they also understood that there is a dimension beyond the natural. There's a dimension that brings water out of a rock. There's a dimension that puts gold coins in fishes' mouths. There's a dimension that causes blind eyes to see. And there's a dimension that causes the dead to rise. There's a dimension that turns ex-drug addicts and drug dealers into preachers and men and women of God. So in the natural world, cotton wouldn't grow in London's cold climate. But they knew there is a spiritual dimension beyond the natural that can override the natural. When I passed my driving test at 17, I got my first car. It was a 1980, some of you say 1980, when was that, okay? Some of you are a lot older than me, but you know, there we are. 1980, Vauxhall Chevette, otherwise known as a shove it. Because often you had to when it wouldn't start. The only cool thing about this car was that it got me and Caroline from A to B. It had power nothing. No power steering, no power brakes, no power windows. Turning a corner was an ordeal. Some of you had cars like this. It literally took two hands and all my might and it was the same with stopping the car. You had to work really, really hard to stop the car and to get the window down was virtually impossible. But you know what would have happened after many years? I went out, we went out, and we got ourselves a new car. Not a brand new one, but it was a 1986 Ford Sierra. Like the Chevette, it got me from A to B, but guess what? It had power everything. Power steering, power brakes, power windows. It was a major upgrade, and I've got to tell you, I really liked having the power a lot more than not having it. Now listen to me tonight very, very carefully. Many have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. And your faith in Jesus has saved you from hell for all eternity. That's the promise of the Bible. But like my Chevette, shove it, your salvation is getting you from A to B. From life here on earth to heaven when you die. And praise God for that. But there's great news tonight. God wants to give you a free power upgrade. He doesn't just want you to go to heaven when you die. He wants to give you power for everything you face in this life as you head towards eternity in heaven. But many tonight will have to enter into a new dimension of understanding and faith. Not living out the logic and reasoning of our minds like the scientists did when evaluating the responses of those from the third world. We need to embrace the understanding of these people that no, 
Listen to me carefully. There is a realm beyond the natural that is supernatural. A supernatural life. A power upgrade that God offers every single one of us. What am I talking about, you may ask? I'm talking about the person, the life, the relationship that we all can have with the Holy Spirit. The life of the Holy Spirit is offered to all and it's all the power that you need. Now for many tonight, it's hard to believe this because it may be different from what you've heard or it's different from what you taught when you were growing up. Now many people come to church and they come from an Anglican, Methodist or Baptist or traditional church background. That's cool. And I often say to people like that, thank God for your heritage. But if you ever exalt your heritage above the word of God, you're wrong. But I also need to tell all my charismaniacs, I mean charismatics, and my Pentecostal friends, and by the way, I'm one of them, that we have tended to idolize the gifts instead of utilize them. We have tended to talk more about the gifts of the Spirit instead of living out the fruit of the Spirit. If we do that, and we exalt our heritage above the proper balance of Scripture, we too are wrong. So here's the plan tonight. I want to simplify. I don't want to dumb it down, but I want to try and make simple. I want to take that which may have been confusing to many, difficult to grasp, and hopefully make it understandable. Because Jesus himself encouraged us to wait and to receive the person, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to help you by using the Bible to see the person, power, and purpose of the Spirit. And hopefully to show you how God will give you, forgive the language, will give you a power upgrade through this person. You must understand a few things. Are you still with me? Firstly, the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. He is a person. He's not a force. You may have come from a cult, a cult background. They say he's a force. He's not a force. Some would say he's an illusion. He's not an illusion. He's a person. Let me give you three things. These are quite basic. And by the way, I went back to notes, get this, of 30 years ago. Helen Turner can bear me out. She was putting them into the system, weren't you? 30 years ago, I wrote some of these things when I was in the light force and I was asked to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. What did I know then? I just, well, actually, I knew quite a bit because I knew him. I'd had the touch of God on me. I knew him. And as you search search the scriptures, you see that the Holy Spirit, first of all, he has a mind. It'll come on the screen. Romans 8, verse 27. Just write it down. I'll read it. And it says there, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So how can a force have a mind? It can't. Only a person has a mind. We, we could spend a long time in these areas. We haven't got time, but he has a mind. The Bible's clear. Secondly, he has a, an emotion. Ephesians 4 and verse 30. And it reads, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How can you grieve someone 
who doesn't have emotion. The Holy Spirit has emotion. He grieves. He feels things. Thirdly, he has a will. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 11 says this, All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes, distributes, that, distributes them to each one. Talking about the gifts. Just as he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, determines. He determines, he has a will, he has the choice, the power to choose. And lastly, he's a friend. A force isn't a friend. He's a friend. John 16, we haven't got the verse there, but read it. It talks about the, the comforter coming to us. Jesus himself says, I've got to go. So the comforter can come. The advocate, the great advocate can come. Now the Holy Spirit, as I've already said, he has a mind, emotion, will. He wants to be our friend. And he gives gifts to men. Typically, we talk about the nine spiritual gifts, and hopefully at some point in Arena Church and across Arena Church, we'll talk about these. Phil has certainly addressed them at the Arena Ministry School, and he's certainly addressed them over the years in the Bible School. They're given through the Spirit of God. There's also what we call the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. And these are attributes of the Spirit of God. But there's one of the gifts that I want to speak about tonight specifically, which is decisive. Everybody say decisive. It really is decisive. And I'm talking about tongues. I'm not talking about this here. The Bible talks of speaking in other tongues. What he's basically saying is the Spirit giving us another language, a language that we do not know. It, the Bible records it can be a heavenly language. And when the Spirit was poured out, and it's already been referenced tonight, we could actually, they had the ability to speak in other people's languages, even though they didn't know it. And this was poured out on the day of Pentecost. Now you may say, why? Well, let me just, before we go there, just give you one line and then we're going to read the account. The Holy Spirit was poured out and it's a divine language and it's a frequency for us to speak with him. I don't know whether you've ever had a dodgy mobile phone. I have. I've really got one now. It's not my mobile phone. It's my connection. It drives me bonkers. I can be hearing something and then I'm talking and they can't hear a thing and it keeps going in and out. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever been ever on a walk, you're talking, you're in and out or you're trying to tune the radio and you can't get the right frequency. You go out of one county into another. None of you bother with the radio, do you? I can tell you're all on Spotify but I still quite like the radio. And you have to tune in the frequency. This is the, what the Holy Spirit did. He was poured out so we have a frequency that is directly with God. Let us read it together from Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 through to 4. And it says there that when the day of Pentecost came, as Josh has already said, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, Phil, a sound like the blowing, rushing, violent wind came from heaven. And filled the whole house where they were sitting. Wow. Just for a moment, I want to stay very close to my notes, but just imagine that for a moment. We're just in here, we're praising God, we're waiting for something. God says, wait. About 120 of them there, so probably similar. And while we're praising God, suddenly there was a shaking. There was a rushing. 
Eleanor said earlier, open the doors to get some airflow through. Listen, it blew the, it blew the doors open. And what began to happen is this. Let's just go to the next part. Thank you. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. I know this sounds crazy. Remember the story of the third world? If you apply your logical mind, you'll go somewhere. There's a realm beyond the logical. I've experienced it. Many of us have experienced it. We're not nutters, you natter. I'm not a natter, okay? I'm not a weirdo. I'm really not. But the Spirit of God at one time came on me. And in this moment, what happened the first time? It's like tongues of fire began to separate and rest on them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. It was like the sound of rushing waters. It was the babbling of the brook that was just taking off. And the Holy Spirit was poured out. And in this moment, the mission began. It really did. The church was now beginning, beginning to arise. And it was unstoppable force. We read then, because some people say, well, it's just for there. Well, it was it. Because we then see Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. We haven't got time, just put it in your notes. Verse 44 to 46. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on Cornelius and his family. And they began to speak in tongues and they began to praise God. And then we see another man by the name of Paul who'd come onto the scene, a great leader. And in Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 6, he's dealing with the church at Ephesus. And he talks to them about the baptism and they said, oh yes, we've received the baptism, the baptism of John through water. And he says, listen, that's great, but there's another baptism. And as he begins to talk, and as he begins to declare, the Holy Spirit begins to descend on those, I think there was about 12 of them. And he says there, as he laid his hands on them, they all began to speak in other tongues. Listen to me carefully. In all these accounts that I've talked about, they praised God. Some even prophesied. But every time the Holy Spirit came, they spoke in other tongues. I say all that because there's been so much confusion and strutting around the thought of tongues, particularly in charismatic Pentecostal churches. Phil and I have an absolute rock-solid confidence and certainty that principally tongues are for private. We're not saying they can never be used. We encourage them at times, but it's principally a private, and I'll prove it a little, and I can talk to you after if you'd like. And there's three things that I want you to understand what happens in this speaking in tongues. Phil, we're going to have to have a lot of time to just unpack this, but I'm just going to have to race through them. I'm talking to you as the teaching pastor. Are you still with me? Are you still excited? Are you still following me? Are you leaning in? Thank you. First of all, what is the purpose of, of tongues, this language? It's not just babbling. Number one, it's God praying his will through you without your soul interfering. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2, it says, Therefore, anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter the mysteries of the Spirit. I love this thought. There is no interference. There's a pureness to your prayers. I did it. I've been doing it all, all day today. Pray it. 
I'll come on to that in a moment. And as I prayed, and I began to pray in the Spirit, the Lord gave me the interpretation, which was an encouragement to me. It really was a great encouragement. And what he's basically said to me, don't worry, this is my work, I'll do it. <laughs> I said, okay, that's great. That's all I needed to know, Holy Spirit. And it was a clear interpretation of the language of the prayer that I was pouring out. But it's God's praying his will through you. Number two, it builds you up because you are praying exactly what God knows you need. There are times I do not know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what I should be feeling. Anybody ever felt like that? You're a little bit when you're praying for Ukraine and the big cup, the vastness of it. And you begin to pray in the spirit and it be, something begins to ignite and happen in you because God knows what he needs to pray through you. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4. And this praying builds you up because it says anyone who speaks in tongues edifies himself. And 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5 and 18 says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. And then Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So we begin to know exactly what God is feeling and sensing. And God begins to deposit to us that which we need. And thirdly, I do need to say this, God does want you to know what you are praying in tongues. And this is principally something that we've missed as good Pentecostals because we've just enjoyed the speaking in tongues and we thought, oh wow, that's wonderful. But we've missed it because God does want us to know. I read it again. He who speaks in tongues, you need to come ready with the interpretation. Get ready to interpret because there's no point in it. Read 1 Corinthians 14. It's a fascinating chapter. And Paul is talking in the context of corporate worship. And God wants to tell you what you are praying in tongues. Let me give you the verses. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. We don't know what we're praying. But here we see in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 13 and 15, this is what he says. Listen carefully. For this reason, the one who speaks in tongues should pray that they may interpret what they say. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, listen carefully, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. So when you get the gift of tongues, you can ask for the gift of interpreting the tongues. And in doing so, God will enable you to be able to know what you are praying in the Spirit. And when you know that, you can submit your will to what he's praying. How amazing is that? Time's going away from us, but just to say this, I don't think there's ever a time, I've not talked to the team around this, but certainly key decisions I was re re referring and talking a little bit to Jonathan and Annie and referenced it again, when we uh, moved into... Um, Planting the, the campuses, the four campuses, certainly I can remember it in Mansfield. That came out for me personally out of a time of speaking in tongues. I shared it at the ministry school. I didn't do it recently, Phil, but what happens is I pray for the Spirit of God. I begin to, not pray, I begin to speak and pray in the Spirit. And sometimes what happens, God begins to download things to me. Interpretations. And he begins to direct my footsteps. I have to tell you, 
That's why I know. I'm not sure how it's going to work out, but we're right in the bullseye of God as a church with regards to planting these campuses because it came out of a season of God just speaking to us, speaking to me. The interpretation, it wasn't on my radar, but it was on God's. And what happens is when God gives you this language of the Spirit, He will also give you, if you ask Him, the interpretation. You'll know mysteries. Who would like a good dose of wisdom? Shoo. My my hand, double up. I I just need wisdom. Wisdom is available. Understanding is available. In the life of the Spirit. It's not to make you look good. This is the problem. We've strutted our stuff, shabba-dabba-doing all over the platform. We think that's it. Sorry, I'm being a little bit irreverent. It's not how it's meant to be. The Spirit of God comes, I've said it, edifies, it builds up, it's, it's an unfiltered prayer, it's, there's a pureness in a prayer, but then God downloads his message, his thoughts, his directions to you. And that is why I am absolutely convinced that if you've never spoken in tongues, if you've never received this gift, it is available for every single one of us. Very quickly, Holy Spirit living and pouring out. Yes, I really believe tongues But there's also another side to this, that God will give you power. He'll give you dunamis power. Why do we need dunamis power? To overcome. To stand strong in battle. To witness. To perform wonders. To be directed. To gain wisdom. To live differently. Internally and externally. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for our empowerment so we can live the upgraded life. Jesus said to his disciples, go and make disciples of the world, but wait till you get the power upgrade. You will need that to pull it off. So they went to Jerusalem, and they waited to receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism, and guess what? You get more than just power. When you get the Spirit baptism, you get a prayer language as well. And they got the gift of speaking in tongues, And just like Jesus said you would in Mark 16, because it was said before then in Acts chapter 2, he said you'll perform wonders, but notice in Mark 16 it talks about, and you'll speak in other tongues. I really believe that every time somebody is baptized in the Holy Spirit, they have the ability to receive the power and they can receive a new prayer language. Now as I bring this to a close and bring this to a time of prayer, and in a moment I'll invite Jack to come on the keys, not quite yet. I just want to say these things to you. God the Father isn't going to give you something that is fake or harmful. He's going to give the Holy Spirit and you can trust him. I went again today to Matthew in chapter 7 and just took some time in prayer. Matthew 7 has meant a lot to me. It's where it talks about asking you shall receive and and all those things. But again, I saw the heart of God. This passage that Jesus was teaching from Matthew 7 teaches us that God's heart is always God. And what we ask for out of pure motives, God will give to us. Now, I say that because many have come in the area of tongues and another language and you have three common hindrances And they may have stopped you and they could stop you tonight from receiving. The first one is doubt. 
But Matthew 7 verse 7 says this, if we ask, we will receive. So don't doubt, just receive. Another common hindrance is this fear. We ask ourselves, well, will it be God? But Matthew 7 verse 7 to 11 talks about God giving good, good gifts to his children. He is, he is incapable of giving you a bad gift. Listen to me very carefully. He is your father who loves you. He is incapable. Let me say that again. He is incapable of giving you something bad. You do not need to fear. And thirdly, some people come with inadequacy. They say, I'm not good enough. I'm not perfect enough. I sin too much. My life's too far away. I don't know enough. And we come with inadequacy. But interestingly, Matthew 7 says this, to all or to those who ask him. To all who ask him. You know, it's possible for you to come into faith tonight, to step into faith, to say yes to Jesus. And at the same time say, thank you Jesus for your salvation. Now receive your gift of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit will come. It's true. I was taught there's a pattern to this thing. You have to get saved. Then you've got to get baptized in water. Then you get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not true. Because I think there's one account where it talks about them being saved, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it says, oh, we must, we must, it was Acts 10, wasn't it? Oh, we must get baptized in water now. <laughs> Is that the only one who might find that funny? I find that hilarious. Why didn't I read my Bible as a youngster? What I'm trying to say is you don't need to feel inadequate. You may just get a few words like a baby. That's fine. But we have to open our mouths. He isn't going to make you do it. It's a gift that God gives to all. Can I just remind you again of Acts 2, verse 38 to 39. Jesus, uh, sorry, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Listen carefully. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Do you have any prodigals that you're praying for on those three? It's going to come to them, guys. Do you believe it? Not just salvation. The pouring out of the Spirit of God. We've already prayed into it now. For all whom the Lord our God will call. It's a gift that God gives to all. So I said to you, I was going to teach. And I've done my best to teach in less than 30 minutes. Some understanding, some truths around the, the person and the purpose of tongues and the person of the Holy Spirit. But to be honest with you, there's that much good preaching and teaching around. Fabulous. But in this moment, what we need to do in Arena Church is practice what we've heard. And without any sense of trying to just fill the room with emotion, there's already a lot of emotion in the room. There's already a real sense of God. I, I just sense, and I say this, a heaviness of God. The goodness of God. God is amongst us.
And so in a few moments, I'm going to invite us to just stand again and the team will come and we'll worship the Lord for a few moments. And I want to encourage all of us to do a few things. It'll come on the screen. Number one, I want you to get rid of all the fear, maybe even the pride, and all the anxiety. And in this moment, put your trust in God. He's a good father. And then I simply want to encourage, and I'm going to be doing exactly the same because I want a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit before I pray for anybody. I want a fresh infilling of the Spirit of God. We need to come in, in faith and ask God to fill us. And some of you have never received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You've never spoken other tongues. I just encourage you to come in faith and ask God to fill you with what he has for you. And you may say, well, how do I do that, Christian? Point three, I'm putting them out, I'm laying it out just simple so you can understand it. If this is helpful, we, we can't keep it on the screen because the words will be on there, but just register it. Just to open your mouth. Begin to worship him. Time has nearly gone. I remember doing this in my teens. I've done it a few times. I've done it on a canal bank in Springfield, Milton Keynes, when I needed God to touch me again. But I remember the first time this happened. I actually went to the wrong section. They had different sections of the prayer thing. I just wanted God, Phil. Late teens, I just wanted God. My life, had, I, knew, I knew God had really touched me. And I simply began to do this, Paul. I came in faith. Yeah, I was a teenager. But I began to open my mouth and I can't remember who it was. He just said, just begin to speak. What's the bubbling in your heart? Something will begin to bubble in your heart. You'll begin to praise him. And it began to happen. It was as simple as that. And I praised God. I just began to praise God with another language. It was the same words. It was like a little baby just beginning to, to speak. That's took me on a journey. 35 years later, here I am now, conversing fluently with God in the language of the Spirit. We'll come to five and six at the end, but you can put them down in your notes. You have to persevere. Language takes time to develop and practice it. It's not a one-off experience. Paul writes in Ephesians 5 verse 18. We started it and we'll finish with it. Be filled with the Spirit. We heard it this morning. I think it was Sue who said, Sue Buckley who said that verse. It's a continual filling. Keep being filled with the Spirit of God. So before Nathan and the guys come, because we might have to save that song to the end, I just got a sense that the Lord's doing something quite quiet, but we're gonna, there is going to be some noise that's going to come. But I just wonder if we'd stand to our feet. fact guys you can come and get in place ready we're okay for a few minutes don't worry there's teas and coffees at the end it ain't spoiling there's nothing on the telly more important than this
Honestly. This is game changing. Some of you youngsters, my own kids included, this is game changer time. From the youngest in understanding to the oldest, God wants to come and do what only He can do in our lives. So I want to simply encourage us, just lead us in a simple song that we can lift our voices to begin to worship the Lord we'll take a few minutes before anybody comes forward and I pray we'll encourage people to come to the front if that's where we go but you begin to worship God and where you are if that is your heart you want to reach out you may want to lift your hands you begin to reach out and your sense of bubbling I'm telling you your sense something begin it's the spirit of God in you beginning to give you something of a new language. You begin to speak it out. Nobody needs to lay hands on you in this moment. You receive from the Lord whilst we're worshiping the Lord together. So thanks, Nathan. Open the floodgates of Oh, come.